1: What is going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. We are recording on Wednesday, August 3rd. Happy 45th birthday to Tom Brady. Said he played till 45, Play until 45. Here we are. Um, we got a lot to go over later in the show in just a few minutes. Uh, as promised, Adam Levitan from Establish the Run is going to join me. We're going to talk, uh, you know, the NFL market on DraftKings Sportsbook. His niche, his bread and butter there, the season-long player props that are out on DK Sportsbook, we have over 300 of them to choose from, so we should have plenty to talk about, even with some line movement there. Um, DFS Week 1 salaries are live on DraftKings.com, so we can talk that Week 1 NFL slate for Sunday, September 11th. Plenty of NFL to talk about with Levitan when he joins the pod, but just a few housekeeping things first to go over. Um Number one, how about the news in Massachusetts? Uh, legalized sports betting will be on the way. DraftKings' home state, so that is very exciting. I don't have anything any specific knowledge at the moment, but that is going to be very fun for us at DraftKings and probably create some new content and opportunities that we can work with. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, and speaking of opportunities, I would say the menu at DraftKings Sportsbook right now for for betting football gives you more opportunity than anywhere else, uh, in the sports betting space right now. So I just wanted to promote a couple of things that we got going on. Number one, alternate win totals did go up for college football. We recorded that, uh, that podcast with Phil Steele. It's just short of an hour long. If you haven't listened to it yet and you're doing your college football research, you're going to want to go back and listen to that one. Um, Phil came on and, and as usual, just berated us with a wealth of college football knowledge. Um, Two of the teams that he's really high on, his number one surprise team, uh, Pitt, and his number three surprise team, ACC, uh, in the ACC, um, NC State, are two teams that I happen to be very high on, two teams that I bet the win total uh, overs on. And we now uh, did get their alternate win totals posted to DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you want NC State over nine and a half games, get them to double digits. We got that at plus 170. If you want Pitt, over nine and a half games, go double digits there to 10. We got that up at, I think, plus 230. Um, so both of those pretty big plus money in the uh alternate college win total segment or tab on DK Sportsbook. Um, and we got those up specifically because of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. So go bet those if you are a fan of those plays like I am. I'll probably write something up on them shortly. Um, Another market that by the time you're listening to this, you will probably see my article out on. If you go to football on DK Sportsbook, we have our NFL, NFL preseason, college, CFL, like we always do. There is now an NFL NCAA football specials tab. If you click on that tab, um, and we're getting more and more states popping this up now, it is head-to-head win totals or head-to-head who has more wins between 26 different NFL and college football teams. So for ex- And they try and keep them as local as possible. So, for example, Tennessee Titans minus 220 versus the Tennessee Vols plus 180. Who wins more games this season? Now, the catch here, of course, is that college teams play 12 games and NFL teams play 17 games. So anytime you're taking the NFL team, you're getting more opportunities. You know that. Um, but it's an interesting market. You got another one. If you want a, a college side maybe to go with, FSU and the Jacksonville Jaguars, pick them, minus 115 each way. Both are set at six and a half on DK Sportsbook. I think the Jags always have a pretty low floor. They've had the number one pick in consecutive drafts, and FSU could be a team on the up in the ACC. Um, So there's an example of one to look at. But 26 of them posted on on DK Sportsbook. I would recommend taking a a look at those. Um, And one other little thing. I'm going to write an article on this, but I'll point it out. Uh, early if you're a listener so that you can maybe take advantage of this. I don't know how long this will be offered on DK Sportsbook. If you go to the uh, team futures and you go to the playoff parlays, like if you're going to parlay teams to make or miss the NFL playoffs, you can't do that on DK Sportsbook. But in this playoff parlays tab, you can. So, for example, the, the, the heaviest chalk, the heaviest favorites would be the Bills and Bucks to both make the playoffs, which is minus 250. Now, the catch here is that this can be parlayed with something from the college football market, say. Whereas stuff in the college football market like win totals, conference winners, division winners can be parlayed. But you can't parlay those together in the college side. So if you take something from NFL and college, for example, you can put them together. So the bills and bucks to both make the playoffs at minus 250 can be parlayed. The Alabama win total is 10 and a half. It's been bet up from minus 190 to minus 280. That's probably not something you're going to bet on its own right now. But if you want to take Bama over 10 and a half wins, means they have to, I think they'll go perfect 12 and 0, but it gives you a chance to slip up and win 11 games there. You can parlay that with two extremely chalky pieces in the Bills and Bucks to make the playoffs. Now, those three outcomes combined parlay out to a minus 111. So you're getting pretty standard minus 110 juice there. And that's not something that you can bet on any other sports book in the world, as far as I'm concerned. So. Pretty cool parlay ability right now when it comes to the football futures market. On DraftKings Sportsbook, um, hopefully out of all those, the alternate win totals, the NFL college head-to-head wins, um, and being able to parlay something like that, that inspires you guys to go in there and come up with something of your own, Um, but that's enough rambling from me. Without further ado, we are going to talk to Adam Levitan next from Establish the Run, and get into some some NFL futures, some NFL player props, and some DFS. It is time for football, ladies and gentlemen. All righty, welcome back into the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Julian Edlow from DraftKings here. And as promised, we are joined by Adam Levitan from Establish the Run. Old friend here at DraftKings. Levy, how we doing, man? Good, man. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, We we love to talk with you this time of year because it means that football is right around the corner, recording on Wednesday, August 3rd, Um, probably get this out on Thursday the 4th, which means there's a football game that night, an NFL football game, the Hall of Fame game, I'm sure it will be a barn burner, Uh, 30 and a half I think was the total last I looked. But uh, we don't need to focus on that because nobody knows what's going to happen in the Hall of Fame game, but we might know what's going to happen in the NFL season uh, this year, or at least try to predict some of it. Um, We have the the Cheesecake Factory style menu of season long player props going on on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I know they've moved all over the place since opening, and uh, you and your coworkers and your, your following at Establish the Run have bet a lot of these and moved them along. But we can just kind of go over some of the things that that you guys have bet over there as well as some of the names that that pop out to me, and I'll throw them at you and you can let me know where you're at projection-wise and kind of get a feel for this season-long player prop market. But before we start throwing names out there, we were talking right before we started recording the podcast and I said, let's just stop talking and and make this the start of the podcast because these player prop numbers can be, can be funny because, you know, a win total is a win total, a division winner is a division winner. Player props, when you play it for the game and a, and a guy gets hurt, you're always like, Oh, bad beat. Uh, you know, uh, what are the odds of him getting hurt today? But guys get dinged up. Guys miss, miss games, particularly these running backs and receivers. Um, and you said to me that last year you thought that the prop market was, was ridiculous because it was definitely accounting for these 17 games. And it's come back to what you would expect it a little bit more this year, although I'm sure we're going to talk about many more unders than overs. But do you want to just expand on that a little bit, what we were talking about?
0: Yeah, I think last year, I mean, clearly the books are using a model, a uh, projection model similar to what we are. I obviously think that ours is, is way better, but they were using a model clearly to make their season long lines from last year and they just spit out they just posted what they spit out for 17 game seasons you know and that's okay for fantasy we typically have a 17 game assumptions for our for our guys uh, unless they have some injury label associated with them but when you're setting a prop line you really can't and shouldn't do that and so uh, we really went to town last year I think we went 31 and 3 last year in Season-long props, which um, (laughs) obviously was unsustainable, but I think it reflected how bad the odds were. This year, I expect to be way, way, way worse, uh, our record in season-long because, you know, they just clearly lopped off a couple games. And so all you have to do really is take a 15-game projection or a 14-game projection and then go from there. And also, like, clearly, um, lines are moving very much based on what we take. Like, I know sometimes you guys post, like, here's the most bet player props of the day or whatever. Here's the most, and it's yeah. always the stuff that that we take. And so I think it's important for us sign, to- Sign of a good business on your end. Yeah, well, I, I, my point was more that I I, I think that uh, it's important to show them that we're willing to take over. So we've tried to mix in some overs that I've been uncomfortable with this year, just for an effort to be like, listen, if you guys go too low, if you start hacking it to 12 game seasons or 11 game seasons or 13 game seasons, like on certain guys, we're gonna be at least willing to take it over, just just to try to keep them honest uh, on the lines, and so um, yeah, it's a, a bit uh, inside baseball, just a, a battle I think um, between us and the quote unquote traders or whoever you guys got in your basement there, Julian.
1: Not me, I'm way too dumb to do any of this, but we do have guys, <laughs> and they're called traders, and they do this, and they they come up with these numbers. Um, if I was coming up with them, you would have gone thirty four and zero last year instead of thirty one and three. Let me I let me put you on the spot, I guess, real quick. Let me know if this applies to anyone. But, like, you used that example of, you know, if you go down to maybe a 12-game sample on a guy that you don't think has too poor of an injury history, we're willing to take an over. Do you have, like, an example of somebody that you maybe did that for so far this season?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've taken a few overs. I would say, like, one that comes to mind that I thought was good Good was the Saquon Barkley over 825 and a half rushing yards. Um, yep, you know Saquon another year removed from the ACL, but like his his competition for carries is so light, and like a true three down back with talent in a Brian Dable offense, you know, it's just running back overs are never going to feel good. So you know that was one where I was. He's, like, cur-
1: he's currently up to 900 on on DK
0: yeah I would not take that at, at 900 you know and, and like you know I, I really encourage people to be sensitive about what the price and what the line is they're getting but anyways on Saquon yeah like running back overs are not going to feel good but I felt like a player of Saquon Barkley's caliber like stars I think you can do it with and Steph Diggs we took over 1100 and a half Travis Etienne we took over on his rushing yards uh as well over 650 and a half on DraftKings that was back on July 1st. I, you know, I don't feel great about any of those, but it's something where that we had major gaps. We had like 300 yard gaps in our projection, 400 yard gaps in our projection. And like, if you're going to pass on that stuff, you're going to end up with zero overs. And like I said, I just don't think that's a good idea for us, for us long-term.
1: Okay. Talk to me about, um, I mean, the digs and Barkley, I, I agree. I see your case there. Those are those are primetime players that if they stay healthy, they're going to clear those numbers. And that's really what, what it comes down to. I would say ETN, we haven't seen yet. He missed his entire rookie year due to injury. Um, you have James Robinson back in that backfield and coming back. He's one of these guys now that does the Achilles and people are coming back at these superhuman rates, just like the ACL used to be. And he's going to be a part of that backfield. You guys took it at six fifty. Um, It's at, now on DK so it went up 55 yards from that
0: yeah
1: I've actually I've played a couple of unders so far I'm pretty late to the party I'm going to see what's still out there but one of the unders that I played was Travis Etienne rushing and receiving combo at 10.25 Um, even money on the under there he's familiar with Trevor Lawrence they used a first round pick on a running back which means you kind of have to feature him to prove your value there even though the coaching uh tree has has turned over since then so who knows what they think of etn um tell me tell me what went into that one because and he's coming off a tough foot injury which yeah. maybe puts a little bit of a red flag for me there even though he's, he was a bit of a workhorse at Clemson sometimes those guys that are four years and get a million carries in college when they get to the NFL they can start to break down a little bit and they already have those miles on their legs talk to me about what it what went into the etn prop
0: Yeah, honestly, I I definitely – I probably wouldn't take this one if I could go back. This was before – we took this on July 1st. It was before the James Robinson news came out, and we had assumption on James Robinson missing most of the season. Um, Now, obviously, we have an assumption on James Robinson playing the season, although I'm still skeptical, man. Like, I I know that Kim Akers came back. I know the guys came back. It would not shock me at all if, A, James Robinson is not actually ready for week one. B, he's not good, and they don't play him. C, he aggravates, like there's a lot of ways for it to go bad for James Robinson. Of course, Travis Etienne's coming off of Liz Frank as well. And Liz Frank also, which is serious. So yeah, you know, these running back overs are never going to feel good. I just think 650 and a half when we thought Robinson wasn't going to play when the bat, when he was battling for carries like Snoop Connor, a fifth round rookie. Well, you know, we had major gap there. Cause even if you only give him 150, 200 carries, he's still really, really likely uh to get there on that. So yeah, probably one that I, I would take back at this point. Definitely wouldn't take it at 700 and a half with the James Robinson news. But um, yeah, maybe we can get lucky in, in, in the process, keep them honest a little bit.
1: That works. Um, all right. The rest of everything that I see on your plays are unders. Before we talk any specific players and their unders, assuming the majority of these have, have moved, probably all of them since you've bet them, Yeah. are there... What percentage of your plays, if any, would you say you're going to come back on at that at that lower number um, and try and middle any of these? Or are these plays all to just let ride? You're comfortable with the number, you're comfortable with the projection, you're letting it go?
0: Yeah, I get asked this question all the time. Um, I think that if... I, I only take bets I consider to be plus EV, right? So uh, yep. if the number moves enough where I think the over is plus EV now, like we moved the number 200 yards and now the over is plus EV, I would take it, but man, it it would be really hard for these guys that we had big unders on or sizable unders on. They would have to move it so much for me to think that an over was plus EV, so I won't be taking it. If you have a smaller bankroll and um, maybe you bet too much on the first side of it and you want to go for a 100-yard middle or something like that, I certainly wouldn't kill you, but I think in the long run, we just want to be making plus EV bets over and over and over and over again. And so I don't typically hedge anything. I never use the cash out button. I, I wouldn't recommend anyone use the cash out button. Sorry, DraftKings. And uh, uh, yeah, no hedging um, unless it's also plus EV. So, so yeah, but there are bankroll considerations. You know, like we, you, know, you get into these spots where, let's say you had like 16 to one or something on the Celtics to win the finals, and then you get there and it's this huge portion of your net worth. Like, even if it's negative EV to take Warrior series price there, you might still want to do it because of bankroll considerations. So it's kind of a complicated question if, if you're following what I'm
1: saying. It is. And that's also, I mean, the, it's, they're also different bets because with the player props, you're still opening up a window to, to move middle. both. But yeah. you're also playing, you know, minus 110s, minus 120s. Whereas if you have a Celtics plus whatever, plus 2000 to, to win the title, You're betting the Warriors. Well, there is no middle. You can't win both. But you're also counting on a twenty to one ticket. None of these. We're not playing offensive rookie of the years twenty to one. We're playing, you know, stuff that's juiced pretty pretty evenly on both sides. So, it is different. And I agree with you. I'm not. I'm a company man. But I don't. I'm not cashing out any of my bets. (laughs) You don't see me using that. I tell people that I'm letting them ride. That's why I bet it in the first place. And we're gonna see what happens. Um. So. Let's move. Let's move on to some unders here in the player prop market. I'm just going to start where you started, which is all the way back on um, May 25th, and you didn't bet anything until June 1st. From then, so this one jumped out to you immediately. It was on DK, and it was Jahan Dotson under 709 and a half receiving yards on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, all, all the books open the rookies first, and they've done this a few years in a row <laughs> where like they just right after the draft. People are excited about the draft. They're excited about the prospects. I guess they feel a need to to get those out before the veterans. And so, uh the first stuff up was all all of the rookie stuff. And yeah, you know, you are asking a lot for rookie receivers to step right in and go for you know eight hundred yards. Like it's like way harder than than people think for that. And also, John Dotson a serious competition. I, mean, I think Curtis Samuel's going to be healthy. Um, Obviously, Terry McLaurin's going to command a large share of targets. And and Carson Wentz to me is just like you know, they're going to try to play not to lose with Carson Wentz. And so, yeah, I mean, Jahan Dotson, that line was just wrong. We took Christian Watson under. We took Trillin Burks under also in the subsequent days. And so, yeah, you know, the rookie stuff, I I think, um, easy unders on when they open up even even close to too high.
1: So I'm going to pull some of those guys up now on their current numbers on DraftKings. If you want to, do you want to check those rookies out? I don't know how far they've moved, but like, what numbers you would be comfortable betting the rookies down to because I do think those guys are pretty interesting um given that we've never seen them in the NFL and their roles can still be up in the air we might learn more about them in preseason now coming up um and their production can just be up in the air there's got to be some time for them to to catch on so where am I at right now we have, yards. We have go
0: 679 679.1 receiving yards for Jahan Dotson and that's assuming that he plays the full 17 games we have curtis hammer 510 oh, wow. and terry mclaurin for 1044 so yeah you know i mean we're making assumption that a part of baked in is like john Dotson is good because he was drafted in round one right like the model knows that Jahan Dotson was drafted in round one what if washington made a mistake and Jahan Dotson actually isn't that good right and then like we're over projecting so like to me we're kind of projecting john Dotson at the top of his range here um or or some level at the top of his range with stuff like that and yeah i mean the Christian Watson stuff. Also another reason for unders, obviously like we took Christian Watson under and now he had knee surgery, you know, and like, he's missing most of the right. kids. So like stuff like, like all that stuff is obviously advantageous to unders and, and that's why they're so successful.
1: Christian Watson, obviously off the board. I should have, uh, I should have presented that information before bringing his name up. Jahan Dotson, you guys probably moved him about 100 yards, which is tough to do on a guy that opens 700 yards. He's sitting 6'11 and a half yeah. on, on DK Sportsbook. Um, so that's too much of a chunk there to uh, to move down, to suggest anything. Um, yeah, we, we have... Traylon, Traylon Burks, well, uh, yeah, Traylon Burks, pretty significant chunk too. What is that, 70 or so yards? He's 7'95 and a half.
0: Yeah, and we actually right. show, uh, you know, I wouldn't bet it, but we do show over on him. We have 844 right now on on Traylon Burks. Okay. And so, like, that's not a big enough gap for me to bet in over. But, like, you can see how it works out for Traylon Burks this year. Like, I mean, if he's actually good, they have, like, no one else to throw to. And if they get behind, you know, Tannehill stays in games. They don't go to Malik Willis, but they get behind in a lot of games. You can see it going well for Traylon Burks. So. You know, I, that that's one that um, I'm most worried about. The Dotson and Christian Watson unders, I think, are are pretty
1: good. Talk to me about the thought process, because I think this scares a lot of casual bettors just with the eye test of fading some of the most elite running backs, the most elite fantasy plays in the game, and doing what you did, which is taking an under 1,500 yards on Derrick Henry. Um it says on the document you sent me, Derek Henry under 1,500 receiving yards. Sorry. I definitely like that play, <laughs> and I'm going to guess that it is supposed to be rushing yards. Good catch. Um, and then along the same lines, a Jonathan Taylor, who scored a million touchdowns last year, under 14 and a half rushing touchdowns. Talk to me about the process that goes into fading two guys that were uh you know henry got henry got hurt last year so there's your script where he's just not going to get there but two guys that when they are on the field are guys that are always going to produce always going to have the ball in their
0: hands we uh we had derrick henry under last year i almost chalked it up as a loss because he was getting like literally like 150 rushing yards a game until he got hurt i mean that was definitely going to be a loser but you know um star players tend to be inflated by books and the market and the public right so You know, nobody wants to bet under on Steph Curry. No one wants to bet under on on Alex Ovechkin or whatever. No one wants to bet under on Derrick Henry or or, or Jonathan Taylor. And so you get inflated lines. I mean, to say that, to set a guy's line for rushing yards at 1,500 and a half, you're essentially saying that he's going to basically get almost 100 rushing yards every game for the entire season.
1: And like, that's just really, really hard to do. So... What number? Let me let me ask you this in there. Like, what number? You said that you felt books took a couple games off this year as an adjustment. Is that what you see in fifteen hundred yards for Henry? 14 and a half touchdowns for Taylor. Like, you see that as fifteen game type of projection from them? Oh, I, I mean, to me, that's like seventeen game production. If you're being realistic, that's we what have, I was gonna say. It feels like it's the whole playing the whole season. Yeah, we have
0: Derrick Henry for fourteen hundred and ninety four yards rushing yards, which is just like. That's a massive number. If he number. were to play
1: the 17. If and that assumes he's going to play, full, gonna play the 17.
0: full season. Yeah. And so like, you know, obviously like he's really likely to miss a game or two uh, along the way there. And so, yeah, that's just, it's just on, on some of those games, it just, on some of those plays, it just gets so inflated on the stars. The Jonathan Taylor one, I mean, Colts last year were fourth in time possession. They were uh, winning so, so, so often a lot of close games. But most importantly, they just like happened to land inside the 10-yard line and inside the five-yard line so often. I think Jonathan Taylor set, like, a 10-year record for most carries from inside the 10-yard line. Like, it was just outlier absurd, almost certain to regress there. He had 26 carries inside the 5-yard line, 10 more than anybody else in the entire league, which is just totally insane. And so you need a lot to break right to score 15 rushing touchdowns uh, in a season, one of which is, like, guys getting pushed out of bounds at the 1, you know, uh, uh, having the ball uh, a ton, not scoring a lot of long uh receiving touchdowns and I think with Matt Ryan they'll be uh, more pass centric and so uh, I feel pretty good about that one too.
1: All right, in the passing game, um you faded Aaron Rodgers as well, kind of the same same type of of idea um under 33 and a half passing touchdowns. This one, you know, a casual better. You can talk yourself into it when you look at okay, Devontae Adams is gone. That takes away a huge chunk of of production um particularly red zone production away from Aaron Rodgers and he has all these younger receivers uh around him now um how much of that was part of your cap on this one versus just uh you know projections of what what will be missing with with Adams
0: Uh, I think people underrate wide receiver play when it comes to quarterback production in other words like Tom Brady when in his last year in New England I mean, he looked like he was done. Like he looked, and they had no one to throw to. Then he goes to Tampa. He has uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And next thing you know, he's like the MVP of the league or should have been the MVP of the league. I I think it makes a big difference. I think what we've done with Green Bay is shifted them, their uh, run pass rates way more towards the run. Because I mean, they're two best players. They're running backs on offense besides Aaron Rodgers. I mean, very clearly Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are their two best um, Running backs and one thing you saw and, and you mentioned it with Devontae Adams like when they got to the one yard line that was often not a run but a play to Devontae Adams which like no one else in the yep. league runs you know like no one else is like oh my goal line back is a pass to Devontae Adams and and so yeah I, I think Green Bay is going to play slow they're going to play more run heavy they're going to be at the goal line way more run heavy than they've been in the past and so yeah I I feel pretty good about the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, under 33 and a half
1: touchdowns i know the feeling i had a couple of like aj Dillon or uh or aaron jones to score a touchdown props last year and and they would wind up with none and Devontae adams would wind up with two touchdown grabs inside the five and i would be like that is that's just not how you're supposed to draw (laughs) it up but you take the l and you move on um a couple of overs because i do i do find it interesting when you when you have overs and what went into them um Let's start. We're on quarterback right now. So we'll start with uh, with Daniel Jones, who you have over 20 and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, bet on DraftKings. Let me see where it's at right now. But the Giants are a team that I, I do like on the up this year. I bet them over six and a half wins. It's sitting at seven right now on DK Sportsbook. Um, the coaching turnover. Uh, having capable coaches after what the Giants have had for such a long time, um, you know, running the whatever it was, so that Joe Judge running whatever it was, so they had more room to punt. Being the most notable of of all plays, um, they have a good coaching staff, and they I think the perception is that the Giants did very well with their two top ten picks, um, getting solid offensive line help and Evan Neal from Alabama, and then getting uh, Thibodeau, good edge rusher from Oregon. They improved the team with both. Um Daniel Jones up to twenty one and a half, so it moved a to touchdown. Um, what went into this cap? Do you still like it at twenty one and a half? It's not that much of a difference. I I, I guess it doesn't sound like.
0: Uh we have twenty four point seven touchdowns for Daniel Jones, uh passing touchdowns for Daniel Jones this year, twenty four point seven. Okay. You know, not all time props correlate to fantasy. In other words, like we could take, you know, obviously I love Jonathan Taylor this year, but we have an under on him. Like that has nothing to do with fantasy. But I think right. for fantasy we're higher than market on all the Giants stuff. They're just gonna be so much better uh with Brian Dayball there. And they get Kadarius Toney for a full season. And I think they know how to use Wendell Robinson. And so I and I think Kenny Galladay can have a good year too. And so they also have Barkley out of the backfield. Like, you know, it's not just on Daniel Jones. He just needs to get these guys the ball. Whereas I think Davis Mills might be like better than than Daniel Jones, but Davis Mills has like no one's gonna do anything for him you know, after the catch or or even before the catch to get open. And so, yeah, I think quarterback overs I'm more okay with because injury rates are so much less. So we don't have a huge gap here, you know, 24.7, but I feel pretty good about projecting Danny Jones to actually play 17 games, you know, whereas at other positions, it's like, it would be an upset if somebody played 17 games. So yeah, I I like, I I try to be high on the giant stuff in betting and, and in, um, Fantasy, you know, it's getting harder. I think the bandwagon, much like the Lions, who I've had a ton of, but um, the bandwagon is getting a little bit more full on both those teams, but I think there's still some room there. And, yeah, if you want to take Daniel Jones
1: over 21.5 passing touchdowns, uh, I'm fine with that. We have 24.7, like I said. I meant to, I meant to follow up on the Aaron Rodgers with something that you kind of said, um, and that being quarterback is a position that I kind of do look at props a little bit differently because they're not going to take the same wear and tear that the the primary ball carriers are going to take um so the jones play makes sense to me like i i get why you're over there so going back to rogers does that make your cap on that purely because you know we're talking back-to-back mvp with you know ever since he got that last injury that took him out a a long period of games he's kind of learned to protect himself like a tom brady where either you have great offensive line play and when you don't you know how to get rid of the ball so that you're not getting hit. Like these veteran quarterbacks, all-time quarterbacks know how to do that. So is your cap on Rodgers four seventeen games and saying we're comfortable with that under no matter what?
0: Yeah, we have 31.7 passing okay. TDs this year for Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, not a huge under. And yeah, like you said, I mean, he's way like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is pretty likely to play every game uh, this season. So again, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing was, less about injury or anything like that. And just more about a schematic stuff and how, how they're going to play this year. And and, I mean, let's be honest at some point, like Brady and Rogers and these guys, like their play is going to fall off. I don't know exactly when, and you know, obviously I've been wrong on, on Brady and Rogers and plenty of guys before when it's like, Oh, they can't keep doing this at age 40, age 39, (laughs) age 43. And just you and Max Kellerman. Yeah. I, I mean, at some point I'm going to be right though. I mean, you know, yep. it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, who knows exactly when, but like it wouldn't shock me if at some point Brady and Rogers in the next one to two years, like you start to see the Drew Brees,
1: the Ben Roethlisberger, the Peyton Manning type stuff where, where the arm strength really starts to go. All right. Two more player props I want to talk about, and then we'll close out with just a, a few minutes of, of week one type of stuff. Um, the other over, you bet Darren Waller over 800 and a half receiving yards. Um, the addition of Devontae Adams is obviously going to take some volume, but at the same time you make the argument that it just opens up so much more for Waller who had so much concentration on him last season. Um, let me know what you're thinking here on on Waller because I agree the Raiders passing game, that's going to be an over team. That's going to be a team that eats up a lot of offense. And I think the attention to Devontae Adams probably opens up more for Waller versus taking away from him with balls going to Adams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Waller is good and and Waller is good at earning targets and getting open. I I don't think that Devontae Adams is going to totally crush him. We have Darren Waller for 984 receiving yards this year. We have Hunter Renfro for 857 and Devontae Adams for 1268. Um, I think it's going to be concentrated among those three guys. And we kind of saw that last year with the Bengals. Like, you know, people are saying, how can Joe Burrow support? T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. Well, when you don't throw to the tight end, you don't throw to the running back, it gets really concentrated on those three guys. And I think we could see that with the Raiders. I don't expect them to throw to running back uh, a ton, and I don't expect them to throw to wide receiver three a ton. And so if you're only throwing to three guys, really, I think all three have a chance to get there. Um, And so, yeah, you know, Waller's one, another one, like keep him honest. You know, I think that's probably one of our lower edge, bets that we have, but, um, I thought it was good enough to, to bet and, and hopefully scare them into not going too low on some of these lines.
1: All right. Uh, last one, you were in Philly forever. You're I've seen you, um, you know, retweet some reports about what this Eagles backfield is, is going to look like. You took the miles Sanders, uh, under five and a half rushing touchdowns um just talk to me overall about this this eagles backfield because it's a team that's getting a lot of hype this year and people are high on i don't know if i buy it or not i don't i don't i kind of just don't have an opinion on on the eagles i think that the giants over six and a half wins is my my nfc east take and i don't really have much else other than carson wentz isn't going to work in washington or anywhere but um talk to me about the eagles backfield um because i think there's going to be a lot of guys involved as it pertains to props and fantasy
0: Yeah, we have Miles Sanders for 4.65 rushing touchdowns. And part of that is that we have Jalen Hurts projected for 6.99 rushing touchdowns, right? And so you get into a spot where around the goal line, like Jalen Hurts is going to run. Like they're going to run some RPO stuff. They're going to run some straight scrambles for Jalen Hurts around the goal line for sure. I thought Miles Sanders got a bit unlucky last year with his touchdown rate. Like obviously he's not going to score zero uh, again. But I do think they like Kenny Gainwell more than probably people... Realize, And I still think they're willing to give carries to Boston Scott as well. And so, you know, I think Miles Sanders is the starter. But Kenny Gainwell is going to play a lot. uh, And Boston Scott might play some also. And Jalen Hurts is going to steal some as well. Um, And so, you know, on a lot of these running back touchdown and running back rush yard stuff, you could like blindly bet the unders on a lot of them and probably make money. Maybe probably not a lot, but you could make like a little bit of money just blindly betting every under. The Miles Sanders touchdown one, you know, touchdowns. I I don't love betting touchdown stuff because, like, it can be so random. You can sneak
1: up on six touchdowns somehow more than you can. The yards are more of a representation of the volume, I guess. That makes sense.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, So, yeah, the touchdown stuff, I don't feel as good uh about betting but you know they're fun ones for well, sure so
1: all right now it creates another question what goes into betting touchdowns versus yards for you is it just projections if you feel you have a larger percentage gap in your projections on it
0: yeah I mean we're looking to make bets you know we're, we're not looking to shy away and so we're looking at all the markets you know uh so so yeah if we show a big enough projection and I mean you know Miles Sanders has to score six touchdowns for us to lose his bet we have him for 4.65 and that's with a full season of health like we're not going to pass on that you know but um But generally speaking, I agree with you that we do better with the yardage stuff. And and by the way, one other one you mentioned before on ETN, you know, when you, the rush versus receiving stuff. So I, I, I was betting a bunch of unders in season on rush and receiving. And like we started doing the math on it, and there's just so much more volatility when you combine rush and receiving than just one of them. In other words, like a guy could get stuffed, obviously, rushing, and he could break a 60 yard run. It's really hard for us. You can, I do And I'm, what I'm trying to say is just straight adding our projection for rushing plus receiving is not the right way to do it for betting props in rush plus receiving because the volatility is just like ramped up to the max when you start adding in uh, total yards instead of just rushing and receiving. So I just wanted to add that uh, on those because, you know, I've taken unders and, you know, I was taking a bunch of DeAndre Swift unders and Eckler unders on rush plus receiving last year and losing a bunch of them. And I was like, well, there he goes again, another 60 yard reception. You know to screw me and it was like we just weren't baking enough volatility on when you add those two together so i just wanted to put that out there
1: no that makes sense the the running back whatever you're down 15 in the fourth quarter and you start checking down to the running back and they start to add up so that makes sense um let me close out with this in the betting space before we just do a couple of close up with a couple of minutes of that week one slate um anything outside of the player prop market. I just want to give you the floor NFL wise. Um, any, any takes, whether it be a division or a, a team that you're really high or, or low on or a week one spot that you think has some, some value that hasn't been uh, you know, incorporated yet. Whatever, um, whatever you want, I'm giving you the floor for an NFL take of yours.
0: Yeah. I mean, my biggest take was that the lions like have a chance to be really good this year you can make it case the Lions have the best offensive line in the entire NFL and I think by adding DJ Chark and Jameson Williams when he gets back and having DeAndre Swift healthy and Hawkinson healthy like I mean they're pretty good and like if they can figure out on defense which I, I don't know if they can like I think they're pretty likely to win seven eight nine games and to me like that if they can just win nine or ten games and maybe make the playoffs like to me, that puts Dan Campbell right in the mix for coach of the year. So probably the favorite, my favorite bet that I have, I somehow got a 60 to one on Dan Campbell to be coach of the year. And like, I don't even think they have to do that much above their expectations for him to win it. They probably just need to make the playoffs. And so I had some Lions to make the playoffs at, uh, you know, plus 480 or so. I'm not sure what that's at. Now I have like plus 1400 yeah, right on that to win the division. All that, all that kind of Lions stuff I have is probably my favorite stuff that I have. Uh, so far
1: i've heard that from from multiple sharp people that like the lions this year i was one of the guys that was on the lions under last year and i won but i didn't feel great about it because they were in every game and they could have been a 500 team if that's how i know because i was on the lions under if you weren't watching you don't necessarily know you just saw that the record was bad and i see them losing on the justin tucker kick that bounces over the uprights and i see them tying in pittsburgh and all these games that came right down to it that they they could have won but just had awful luck, inexperience, poor decision-making that they can clean up, and they've gotten better uh, over over the season. So um, I agree, and I'm not necessarily as high. Like, the Packers are, are a good team. They should make the playoffs, but they've probably got to come down. The Vikings are, are nothing special. The Bears, I think, can be in the mix for the worst team in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot. So I'm, um, I'm with you. The Lions can have a pretty good season there in the, uh, the NFC North. Yeah. One that, um, one that I almost bet,
0: I almost bet a couple of days ago was, uh, CD lamb to lead the NFL in receptions. It was 22 to one. Now it's 15 to one. I definitely wouldn't take 15 to one, but I, I was kind of, I didn't pull the trigger on and now it's gone, but I do think CD lamb has like a
1: very legit chance to catch a hundred balls the way it's shaping up. And once you get into that I'm, range, you know, um, I meant to touch on him during the player prop section, and I saw that you didn't have anything on him, and I was going to guess that if you had some overs sprinkled in that there might be some CD lamb there. Um, His receiving yards are 1775. His touchdowns are 7.5. His receptions are 90.5. He's getting – I saw that uh, he got, like, a little over 25%, I think, of, of the targets recently from Prescott in a, a scrimmage. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to play, I haven't played any overs yet. If I play an over, I might play that over on 90 and a half CeeDee Lamb receptions because if he doesn't get hurt, he's just going to be a huge part of that offense. And you have to remember how many pieces Dallas lost in Cooper, Um, even Cedric Wilson, uh, uh, so much of the volume isn't there. And Lamb is such a a possession guy that can just get so many receptions.
0: Yeah. We have 89.2 right now on CD Lamb, but I think right on the nose, we are conservative on target share. You know, we try not to like go too nuts because we already have CD Lamb as like a really good early second round pick. Like, you know, I, I don't want to put CD Lamb at 30% target share because that's like so outlier. So we only have 23% target share for CD Lamb. Right now, if you were to give him twenty five or twenty six percent, he would start pushing towards that hundred catch projection for us. And I honestly like—I think it's pretty likely that he gets to twenty five plus. Like the Dallas would be doing it wrong if he doesn't get to twenty five plus. But again, we only have twenty three percent, and that gives him eighty nine catches right now for us.
1: Okay, well, if I do bet an over in the player prop market, it's going to be CD Lamb over ninety and a half. I've been staring at it. And I, I don't think I need to rush to do anything. I'll just keep thinking about it, and uh, we'll see if we get around to it. Um, all right, let's close out with five minutes or so of, of uh, the DFS stuff here. The week one salaries dropped on Friday, the whatever that was, the last Friday in July. I'll say it that way because I don't remember the date. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the first week in, in August here. The week one slate is out. Um, we'll just do like a minute or so on each position here or something starting at quarterback. Um, I assume you've combed through it all. What, uh, what jumped out to you there? I saw to just quickly, I think that there's going to be a lot of points in chargers and Raiders. Um, so Herbert and Carr jumped out to me and then going cheaper down. I know he's coming off the ACL. Um, Jameis Winston, where is he? 5,300 in Atlanta. Atlanta is just, miserable so those are some of the guys that jumped out to me
0: yeah I actually haven't taken too hard of a look at this stuff yet just because we're still obviously in the midst of all our season-long stuff and nothing is pressing nope, on you got to
1: lock in your lineups today and you can't change them
0: <laughs> yeah um the thing that jumped out to me is uh, it was so insulting to Daniel Jones you know um, Daniel Jones is cheaper than Zach Wilson Jacoby Brissett uh Colt McCoy Sam Darnold um Davis Mills so Daniel Jones is going to give you, I think, a rushing floor combined with a pretty reasonable ceiling, like I already talked about for him in the past game. So Daniel Jones at 5K, the thing about this slate is that, I mean, from what I can tell already, like, there are some gross mispricings, and so it's going to be a really loose slate. So, you know, I don't know that a 5K Daniel Jones is needed um, in kind of optimal builds, but
1: yeah, I mean... I think that one stuck out to me at quarterback for sure. Running back is the position that I probably had the most trouble identifying value, but it's also the position where we're just by nature of the sport, probably going to get the most training camp injuries, the most preseason injuries. And there's going to be a guy that's $4,000 that jumps out as a cash game chalk. We just don't know who it is yet as we record this. Um, So we know that. But based on where things are at right now, I had a little bit of trouble finding too much value here. But uh, you want to let me know any any guys that jumped out to you at running back? Well,
0: yeah, I would say value doesn't always have to be cheap. And we uh, you know we haven't done any week one yep. projections yet, but I'm pretty sure that Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey are going to rate as like some of the best values on the whole slate, even though they're expensive. Because to me, Christian McCaffrey should cost uh, ninety eight hundred ten k, and Jonathan Taylor should probably cost that much. Uh, as well, and so like for them to be at eighty five hundred and ninety one hundred, like that—that's what stuck out to me at running back was like I'm gonna have plenty of money because I can save everywhere, and then two of the best plays are gonna be McCaffrey and and JT, I, I think. And obviously, everybody knows DraftKings is is full PPR, and so I mean to have McCaffrey at eighty five hundred, like again, you don't have to be cheap to be uh, really good value. I saw the Saquon like they have Saquon real. I mean Saquon's cheaper than Josh Jacobs, which like I just. You know, I mean, it's just insane. And so Saquon, one. it seems like something messed up with the algorithm and the Giants, because like Kadarius Tony is also well, it's forty one. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know if it's the algorithm or just the way that we uh, they're being projected. Because I I like them over on the win total. I bet it at six and a half. It went to seven on DraftKings. Um, I think they're a good bet. They're getting almost a touchdown in Tennessee, who's not particularly good on defense and lost a lot on offense. Derrick Henry might steamroll them and win that game but getting seven points in week one i just think every everything's down on the giants and that yeah. carries over from the the sportsbook side of things to the the fantasy side
0: of things. yeah but i mean saquon goes in the second round like almost every time now right and so like for him to be at sixty right, so one hundred is so much cheap.
1: cheaper than all the guys being drafted around him yeah on a week one slate um <clears throat> where's this thing that i had on jonathan taylor I'm with you on Jonathan Taylor. That's the one guy that I wrote up in my article. And that's, you know, if we have our Jameis Winstons, our Daniel Joneses, maybe that's where they do come into play because Jonathan Taylor steamrolled the Texans both times last year for like something like 150 yards and two touchdowns per game. So I think he's just the guy. I I think that I predict that you're going to get off to a rocky start to your touchdown under Jonathan Taylor. Um I don't think he'll get over 14 and a half in week one, but I think he's going to get a couple and you should be fine from there. But yeah, he he's the guy matchup wise that you just feed in, in week one. And I'm willing to spend up on him. Um, all right. Minute each and we'll get you out of here. Wide receiver. Um, Justin Jefferson against green Bay. He's 7,800. He had a really good game at home against the Packers last year, buck 50 or something with a couple touchdowns. touchdowns. Um, there's some value opening up lower down the board. I think a lot of the, I already said how I like the Saints in Atlanta. I think some of the they have a deep wide receiver core with a lot of cheap guys. Um anything at wide receiver that you want to speak on.
0: Yeah, I mean the Pittman one, I mean you know, I think Pittman is okay, but I'm not like screaming to draft him in the 3rd round where he's been going, but to have him at 5500 is just outrageous against Houston and so I think a lot of teams are going to start with JT uh and Pittman. Come week one. And then the other guy that I'm high on this year that is not really reflected in the market, certainly not as high as Michael Pittman, but Juju Smith Schuster at 5,200. When you get full PPR DraftKings, you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, you're playing in Arizona. Like Juju is going to be the slot guy for Patrick Mahomes, who loves to throw at his slot receiver. It's going to be really hard, I think, for Juju uh, to fail at 5,200 there. He's going to catch, you know, four or five balls. And and it's, I think it will be really hard for him to fail at 5,200. So yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about when like, I say like, it's really loose. I mean, there's going to be, I mean, Chase Claypool is 5k. I mean, there's going to be Tony is 4,100. I mean, there's gonna be a lot, a lot of stuff to, to do, um, with the salary. So loose in week one.
1: Yeah. I, I wrote my immediate reactions article on Friday when all these came out and John, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's the guy on the Colts. I'm, I'm going to play him in cash, but I think as a, uh, Tournament pivot doing like a Matt Ryan and um, and Pittman stack. It costs you like whatever it is, fifteen hundred or so dollars more for the the combo if things wind up going that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in Houston, I, I definitely agree there. Uh, tight end. The guy that jumped out to me, uh, I'll give you two names, but the guy that jumped out to me immediately, the guy that you bet the yardage over on, that would be Darren Waller. You see all the elite tight ends on the board and what they're priced at. Mark Andrews is the highest at 6,800. Kelsey's right behind him at 66. Waller's down at 54 and in a good matchup against the Chargers or what has been a good matchup in the past um, and should be in line for a pretty big season. So he was the guy at 5,400 that jumped out to me in a game that I think will be high scoring. And then I don't want to, talk about too many colts because how can they all do well but mo alley cox former vcu hoops legend Mm -hmm. i watched this guy grab a million rebounds against my my rhode island rams plenty of times in the atlantic 10 he's only 3400 and he's finally the starter for the colts he's always had a guy in front of him and been like plug and play in certain weeks and he's going to be the guy i think he has the potential for for a big week at 3400 and i think he's gonna have a pretty good season you're gonna see that price tag come up
0: yeah Uh, i think in tournaments you know playing one of these more expensive tight ends who is are still underpriced you know to me travis kelsey is like a 72 or 7300 player he's 6600 you're not saving like huge amounts there but i do think pitts you waller can,
1: it's what you can do with it to save right and it's the only position you can do it at
0: yeah nobody jumped out to me as like super cheap i thought the best of the cheap guys was irv smith but now he broke his thumb and he had surgery and that's gonna be looking kind of thin the the punts right now that just from glancing at it would be Brevin Jordan at 3,100 and John Bates at 3,100, assuming Logan Thomas is out. But, you know, obviously the ceiling on those guys is really, really capped. And so would prefer them in more uh, cash game settings. And I think you're gonna have enough money to pay for to pay up a tight end uh, if you want to. You
1: guys probably thought I was going to skip defense. I'm not going to skip defense. Um, your Detroit Lions are only $2,000 at home. They are the only minimum team on DraftKings. I assume that means there's a 100% chance that you are locking them into all your lineups.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Eagles are going to project as so run heavy that we probably won't have a great projection on the Lions. Like, obviously, when you play a defense on DraftKings, you want the opponent to be passing a lot so you can create strip sacks and pick sixes. And so I bet we won't have a great projection on the Lions, but it'll be fine um, for cash, for sure. I, I don't think the Bears are crazy in, in uh, at home against Trey Lance uh, at 22 100 Giants defense against Tannehill. Obviously, that's another team that wants to run a lot, but if you think the Giants can get a lead. And so, yeah, I always try to save at defense. You know, I kind of wish that they had lowered kind of the salary range because it's really hard to play, like, these 4K defenses and have it be optimal, like, no matter how good of a play they are. Like, obviously, the 49ers against Justin Fields is a great play. They need, like, literally, like, 15 to 20 points for it to be a good play at 4,100, and that's asking so much out of your defense.
1: All right. That is DFS talk for the week one slate. That is sportsbook talk for NFL futures, for NFL player props. Um, Adam Levitan from Establish the Run. Thank you so much for for giving us some some time this summer to go over some football.
0: All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: For sure. Um, All right. For Julian Edlow, thank you guys for listening to Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. We will be back with some more uh, August episodes previewing football. Eventually we'll get some MLB in with Steve Buchanan. If he ever wants to return to the show, it's been months now. Um, But yeah, thank you guys for for listening. And uh, we'll be back with some more football soon.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you.